On episode nine, this podcast talked about the topic of domestic violence and how it not only affected Nicole Brown Simpson, but also American culture. Kim wanted to continue this conversation, so she spoke with Robin Sachs, an experienced litigator and former L.A. County Deputy District Attorney. Robin also has a master's in social work and is nationally recognized in the fields of sexual assault and domestic abuse. Part of the reason that I wanted to make sure I included you on the podcast is I love the fact that you just went back and got your master's in social work. So the stuff that I want to talk to you about kind of covers domestic violence. Why don't people report domestic violence and what happens if you do and why family members don't get involved and maybe you can shed some light on some of that. I like your angle. I'm here to shed light. Okay, so why do you think this case made it acceptable for people to talk about domestic violence and then for law enforcement to act on it? Unfortunately, many things work in our society. It's only after there's tragedy do we end up coming about change. Domestic violence has existed since the beginning of time, but the mindset of domestic violence was that this was some sort of intrafamilial dispute that the police and government had no place in. The people who needed intervention the most were not getting it because, you know, our society contributed to the culture of allowing it to perpetuate. And so I think that you had to have a horrific, terrible crime that was publicly viewed where the system got called out. How many times did law enforcement have to go over to O.J. Simpson's house? I'm curious as to how it changed the reporting from victims. I mean, all of a sudden, there is a comfort when people are publicly recognizing and validating the existence of something that you've known and dealt with. And I think that there's so much shame that's involved in this and so much judgment and that I shouldn't have gotten myself into this. But I think that that will always be present to a certain extent. And those are the factors that make people not want to report. I think those are alive and well, too. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. We're a very judgmental society, and there's a lot of us that still to this day will say, well, why didn't they just leave? And you have the power to walk away, and we're very quick to criticize why someone doesn't leave that environment. So do you think that that's part of the reason why people don't want to draw attention to it? Because then they have to endure that criticism as well? 
I mean, a lot of domestic violence are happening between married couples where they have children together, that it's not like so easy to say, I'm never going to see you again. It's just complicated for so many more reasons. I always remind myself, like, if it was so easy, then they would leave, right? right. You know, it's a highly intergenerational issue if they've lived with domestic violence and mm-hmm. been normalized in their house and they don't have supportive family members or no one's, you know, there as a support system. All these things make it really hard. And then add the shame, the embarrassment, and whatever else. No one wants to endure abuse. I think what was what's interesting about Nicole... You know, if we remember some of the evidence, she was kind of laying the groundwork and she was leaving breadcrumbs behind, right, with the pictures in the safe deposit box and the journal entries, the diary entries. So the shame part of it, I think, is really important because nobody really did anything to help her. So is that normal? I think the thing is, is that people sometimes are frustrating. I don't think it's fair to blame law enforcement and prosecutors and the system all the way because I do think that there are people's processes where they are and all we can hope is that we have the most welcoming, educated, clinically savvy laws in place society that welcomes intervention wherever it may come and recognize it. It's just not how it was though 25 years ago. It's interesting because in in talking to people, you know, for the show, I keep hearing that the jury didn't feel that domestic violence was that big of an issue, that wasn't that big of a deal. And that a couple of the jurors remember hearing someone say, well, just because someone beats their spouse doesn't mean that they would kill them. And so they didn't buy that whole argument. They blew it off. First of all, I think that when people who really understand domestic violence recognize that domestic violence one day could equal murder the next day. Right. I think that is pretty fundamental. The problem with this case is it just was not really the focal point. What do you think that we're doing wrong? You and I both have young people in our homes. You said it before, we're not doing enough, but how do you think we're missing the boat on trying to educate the masses on how big of a problem this is and an epidemic it is? Like, What can we do? I think we need to do more early intervention, more early education and early intervention on the school level for young people. I think we spend a lot of time doing sexual assault kind of training and awareness or what have you, but we don't talk about domestic violence. You know, you get the bullying training, you get the drug training, you get the sexual assault training, but I don't see domestic violence as part of the repertoire of enrichment type of programs. And I think it's important because I think it happens in a lot more homes than people think. You know, I think about Nicole and um, and I remember for the first time being angry and thinking, excuse my French, why the fuck didn't anybody step in and help her? And it was the first time that I started to want to place blame on her family and her friends. And I have held a lot of guilt and shame for feeling that way. But having said that, I can't imagine I'm the only person that has felt that. Of course. We all want to have an answer to why things happen. And so when we can pin certain things and connect dots, it gives us, I think, comfort because we can rationalize and understand behavior. Um, I think it's a lot more complicated than that. And I think that we can only kind of just do what you do, which is going, why am I feeling angry about this? 
you said at the beginning that their laws were changed as a result of maybe some attention being drawn from our case. Can you recall a couple that you remember? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, first of all, the, the prior Domestic Violence Acts, you know, um, Evidence Code Sections 1108 and 1109 that allowed for prior acts to be used to show that current conduct, uh, specifically in the areas of domestic violence and sexual assault, that allows for prior acts to come in. The evidence code journal exceptions, the 911 calls, there was massive changes to the evidence code that allowed for the introduction of evidence that was not otherwise admitted into that trial. And it was huge. I appreciate the work that you've done and, and the advocacy that you've done, and I appreciate you contributing your voice today. No, thank you, thank you. My pleasure, my pleasure. Anything for you.